And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my good friend, Aaron Bandler. It's always a great time talking to Aaron. Um, as always, we had a ton to cover. Uh, we discussed the latest in the Biden uh, corruption scandal. Um, we talked about uh, what President Trump needs to do to win tomorrow night's debate. Obviously, uh, it's coming down to the wire. Uh, it's going to be a big night, uh, for better or for worse, tomorrow night. Uh, oh, yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> We discussed uh, why it is wrong to uh, masturbate live during Zoom meetings. Never, never thought I'd have to. Uh, didn't, didn't know that had to be said, but apparently, uh, apparently it does. Uh, oh, and we gave uh, an update, very important stuff, an update on the official fantasy football league of the No Gimmicks podcast. Uh, great stuff there. Definitely important for the audience to hear all about that. Um, yeah, guys, before we get to Aaron, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right. Without further ado, the great Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you doing? I am doing great, Brady. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So, look, man, we have a ton to get to, as always. Goes without saying at this point. But you know what? Uh, we haven't, you know, just uh, goofed off on the podcast in a little while. So how about we give the people an update on the uh, the official No Gimmicks podcast, Fantasy Football League? What do you think? Well, a, a bunch of us are 4-2 and two right now, and including you and me. Yeah. Uh, because we're good at, at Fantasy Football. We are. We are. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I know both of our teams have been racked by injuries, although I, I think right now I, I'm in pretty good shape with, with some of my um, with some of my waiver pickups and, uh, you know, and, and not getting some players healthy. Like I, I now have Evo Samuel healthy. Uh, it gives me a solid wide receiver, too. And, um, and yeah, I think I, I think it's going to be very competitive to the end. See, in your wisdom, you were smart enough to pick up the uh, the All Pro receiver Travis Fulgham, whoever the heck that yes. is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I after watching Fulgham just torch my team week four, Oof. I figured that oh, I think, and then I watched him get all these catches against your team, the Steelers. I, I, it just seems like. It just seemed like a smart pickup. Man, I'm just looking at the standings. There's a whole bunch of us at four. There's five of us are four and two. You, me, yeah. the family, New York Times. What? Shoot, I can't say his name. What? What's the Twitter handle? Democracy dies in darkness. Can't say his real name. <laughs> right. <laughs> and last last year's champ, uh, Ty Travis, are all four and two. Man, it's anybody's game. Anybody's yeah, game. Yeah, and, and there are only four playoff spots in your league. So. I know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. See, I uh, I got blown out. Tyler Grant, shout out to Tyler Grant, uh, just kicked my ass last week. Was not expecting that because he does not have a very good team. But <laughs> my team just underperformed. And uh, 
I, I, I got, I don't know if this, this is desperation or not. I think it's pretty fair for both parties, but uh, me and Jeremy Frankel um, had a trade that went through this morning. I traded um, Juju Smith-Schuster and Robert Woods for Adam Thielen. And uh, Adam Thielen's on a bye, so I don't even get him this week. But I don't know. I get the upside of Adam Thielen. Franco gets two starting wide receivers, which he needs. I don't know. I think it's pretty fair. I don't know. That, that might come back to bite me, but uh, right now I'm pretty confident. It might. I mean, I, I think a lot of it depends on Kirk Cousins because he seems very hit or miss, and he, he seems to be missing a lot more than he's hitting slightly. Um, but, like, last week, even though they got blown out, and Kirk Cousins threw a bunch of picks, he had a bunch of he, – he, he got he got a lot of garbage time points for me, which, which works, you know. So, so sometimes the best fantasy players are those that can get you garbage time points. Thielen's good at that. That's right. I, I yeah. was just, man, you know, Juju was like my number one receiver that I drafted. And, I mean, he'll, he'll still be good. He'll have some great games. But the Steelers wide receivers, I, I just picked up Deontay Johnson off uh, waivers because I want a Steelers You're receiver. Welcome. Yeah, you dropped him because you were tired of him being hurt all the time. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I, I, you know, Claypool, and, and, and hurt, Johnson. Like he didn't do anything. Yeah, but it's like Claypool, Johnson, Juju, Eric Ebron, like all these guys, like, they're kind of alternating who's the number one target, so it's like it's hard to trust one of them. But I don't know. So what? What do you? What? Do you, how do you feel about your uh, your Forty ers man? Well, I mean, the problem is that they're. I, I mean, I'm feeling better now that Jimmy G seems to have like kind of splitting. Uh, but it, but there's just so many injuries. You know, if we could post this out for the year, uh, Raheem Mostert's going to be out for, for a few weeks. But Richard Sherman's been hurt since week one. Um, and it's uh, it's it's, just, it's gonna be tough to deal with all these injuries, especially now as we hit the the really rough part of our schedule. We, we, we play New England on Sunday in New England, um, and then after that it's Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, and it's it's just, it's 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 a gauntlet, and uh, and we're just racked by injuries right now. So I don't know. I mean, if the Niners can maybe pull off some a couple of moves. Um, and, and, and just survive the gauntlet, then, you know, maybe they can be a, maybe they can be a wild, a wild card team, um, come, come playoff time. And then maybe, and maybe they could pull like the Ravens in 2012, which, which just saying that makes my blood pressure rise since they didn't the Super Bowl that year. Uh, and frankly, they shouldn't have, but that's a whole nother story on, <laughs> But if, but but if, but if they they could be like that Ravens team and just overcome injuries at like nine and seven or ten and six and then go all the way, I I think I think that's the best hope for the Niners right now. But I mean, again, like it, it, it depends on if we can get healthy. It depends if we can. It depends on if we can survive. You know, the gauntlet coming up. I mean, because uh, there's the ex, there's the extra playoff spot this year. Yeah, the, the, the seven seed. I mean, I could see Seattle. The Rams and the Niners all in the playoffs. To be honest, yeah, yeah, even early Cardinals, even. Eh, I don't yeah. know. I think they're a paper tiger. I think they're what they're four I and two. Agree. But I just I don't know, man. Kyler, uh, he's just not that good. <laughs> like he's not accurate. I don't know. And look, I, I root for the short guys because I'm only five eleven. So I'd love to see Kyler like do well. Oh, but dude, I'm five six. So. <laughs> So you should really like Kyler Murray, but I don't know, man. It's just like, I don't know. Like, he's so small. Like, he's under 200 pounds. It's like, I don't know, dude. Like, 
I don't know. Aaron Donald is going to get a hold of him one of these times. It's not going to be good. I don't know. You see, he's, uh, yeah. he's just so small. You see him. I mean, he's so quick and like, he's been great running the ball and stuff, but it's like anytime he, he takes off, I'm like, Oh dude, he's like one Khalil Mack hit away from ending his season. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, although we, I think a lot of people said that about like Russell Wilson's like Drew Brees and they kind of proved the doubters. Wrong, yeah. But, but those two guys are jacked. Guys. Like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are like, they have like 25 pounds on Kyler Murray. Like they're way like True. thicker, bigger, stronger, you know, they're just short, but like Russ yeah. is ripped. You know what I mean? He's just short. Yeah. But I'm, I'm stoked about the Steelers, man. Five and oh, big Ben is playing great. The defense is, I mean, I, I legitimately thought they were going to physically murder Baker Mayfield last week. I mean, that was like, look, even as a Steelers fan, I'm like, Oh man, poor guy. Like he was just getting it's like absolutely. Like, oh, it's, it's, like, it's like a Simpsons skiff where it's like, stop, stop, he's already dead. Throw the damn towel. Like, yeah. Oh man, but but dude, we have uh, we have the Titans, two undefeated teams this week. That's gonna be a heck of a game. And that then we've got the Ravens next week. So oh, yeah, that's uh, we're gonna now find that's out. Good. We're yeah, gonna find out. I think you guys. I think the Niners are gonna smoke the uh, Patriots. By the way, I just don't think they're very good. I don't think they make the playoffs. Cam, like Cam, played okay the first couple games, but he's like, I don't know, man. They're all beat up. His best weapon is a thirty-five-year-old, five-nine white wide receiver. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, man. Right. I just don't think, you know, I don't. Even with all the injuries, I don't think they have like the offense to put up enough points. Yeah, I mean, my, my only, my only, I only have two concerns with the Patriots. The first is that the Niners' defense, for whatever reason, they just can't stop mobile quarterbacks. Like, even last year, like, at the, at the, that was always the thing that killed us, was just mobile quarterbacks would just, like, take off and run. But for whatever reason, the, 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 the Niners' defense just can't contain quarterbacks and uh, running quarterbacks. And the other concern is that Belichick knows Jimmy G, so I don't know if, like, if because of Belichick's knowledge of Jimmy G, that he's just going to have, like, this airtight game plan of how to beat him. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm going to pick the Niners to win in, in my football bowl this week, but, I mean, I, I, I am a little nervous because of those two things, plus the injuries. I mean, look, as long as uh, George Kittle keeps putting up numbers, I'm Well, happy. yeah. I, I, dude, I took him because uh, I had the number one pick in our draft, and uh, snake draft, obviously. So I took him yeah. with the first pick of the third round. Right. And I, I took but, him over Travis Kelsey, which that may have been a mistake. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Kittle was out for a few games, too. So, you know, and Kelsey hasn't missed any time. But I was like, I had a really good feeling about George Kittle this year. I was like, I'm taking him. I'm taking him over Kelsey. And, uh, I mean, since he got healthy, he's been putting up some ridiculous numbers. So Right. Uh, well, and, and also, and also like, with Jimmy being out for a few games, obviously, I, I kind of tanked Kittle's numbers a little bit. But now that Jimmy's sort of... You know, and nice highlight seems to be getting healthy again. It, it, it kills probably going to do some serious damage. Oh, I agree. From here on out. So we should probably get to politics, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, man. So let's just jump right into it. It's been a week now since the New York Post broke the Hunter Biden story, uh, showing corruption, obviously, between the, you know, with in, in the Biden family. At the very least, Joe Biden looked the other way uh, while his family used his, his name to get rich. And at the worst, uh, worst case scenario, Joe Biden was engaged in, you know, criminal behavior. You know, he was on the take from uh, from foreign foreign actors. So, um, look, man, as it stands now, the Biden campaign hasn't denied any of it. And Lord knows the audience knows I'm no genius. 
I'm no genius, Bandler, but if the Democratic nominee for president hasn't denied the most serious accusations against any candidate in decades for a full week right before a presidential election, I have to assume the allegations are true. Oh, 100 percent. And, and you can just see it how uh, the way he reacts to, to even the most mildest of questions about it. Yeah, that you, that you can just tell that it really gets under his skin. It's probably true. Like like that CBS reporter, Bo Erickson. Asked Joe Biden about the allegations, and he goes like, "Wow, I-, I knew you would ask that question. It's a smear job. How dare you?" You know, and, and then like, and the media just kind of laughs, you know, like, "Oh, we just he just owned that reporter for daring to challenge him," you know, because a reporter actually had the temerity to not just slobber all over him because he's a Democrat. Um, and the, so yeah, the fact that the credit campaign hasn't denied it, uh, the whole the whole thing was like, "Oh, the meeting with that Ukrainian dude, like." That wasn't on the calendar. Where it's like, okay, like, so, like, <laughs> this was on the calendar doesn't mean that it didn't happen, right? You know, so why don't you just say it didn't happen? You know, or that you know, or that you had no idea about these Hunter Biden emails, but instead they just keep obfuscating and stonewalling. So, I, th- I, I, I don't know. And so clearly, I think it probably is true. That, and of course, if we had a real media that actually was interested in this stuff, we get to the bottom of this. But instead. We get all these pieces about, like, you know, inside the house, inside the New York Post story, like, and, like, you know, one one reporter was horrified that her byline was on it. And it's like, we, I, I forget who brought this up on Twitter. I think it may have been David Harsanyi from, from National Review. But it's like, we now know more about how the New York Post uh, published the story than we do about the story itself. Right. I mean, like, it, it's such, it's such, it's so backwards the way our media operates. It's so frustrating. Yeah, man. It's almost like I expect these journos to do like a, a public service announcement, like journalists against journalism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, seriously. Literally, they've adopted, they believe it's their job as journalists to suppress the news, to, to keep news from, from breaking. It, it's right. It's so shameful. It's very shameful. I mean, the, the, when the New York Post story first broke last week, before Facebook and Twitter censored it, like the, the media was engaging in literal self-censorship. Like yes. Kyle Griffin, who is like, who is just awful. Like Kyle Griffin, the, the producer for for MSNBC's The Last Word uh, with Larry O'Donnell, he's just like, you know, nobody shared that shame that shameful New York Post story. Like, of course, Kyle Griffin engages in fake news all the time, you know, but but. but the, but that was how the media operated last week. Like, Maggie Haberman, Jake Sherman both shared a link. And then, like, and, and they both got shamed just for sharing a link to, to that New York Post story. Then Jake Sherman, like, has a tweet afterwards saying, like, you know, yeah, I, I was locked out or whatever it was from Twitter for a little bit. I just wanted to say I'm sorry for sharing the link. Like, like, dude, like, why are you apologizing? You know, it's it's like, I, it's it's. It's just ridiculous. It's basically like the frustration with the media for years, even prior to Trump. It wasn't what they reported; it's what they didn't right. report. Um, and and I think your this whole New York Post story saga just goes to show how it's like the media literally will not report on stories that are bad for Democrats. And of course, when they do, it's when they, when they are forced to report on stories it's never Democrats. It's never about like the scandal it's always about the republican reaction to the scandal you know republicans pounce republicans, republicans pounce seize. yeah you know so, so it's like all right guys like are, are we seizing today or are we pouncing you know like that's always how it, it's, that's that's how it goes with with the media um and it's it's just on full display with, with, with the new york post story like it's they don't hide it they don't hide 
their own self-censorship anymore. And if you think the, the, the press's behavior is shameful, I mean, we, let's talk about big tech briefly. I mean, my goodness, yeah. it's been a full seven days since the New York Post broke this story, and they're still locked out of their Twitter account. Twitter That's suspended them. They, they suspended them for practicing journalism. You, you yeah. Can't, you, can't, you can't be a journalist here. This is Twitter. I mean, what? It, yeah. it, Facebook also censored anybody. Twitter has been banning anybody who shares the New York Post story, obviously. Um, and they, they kind of issued some kind of, you know, Jack Dorsey issued some kind of half-assed apology, but they didn't rectify the situation. I mean, they still banned the New York Post, which is, by the way, the oldest publication in America, founded by, was it Hamilton? I want to uh, say. Honestly, I don't know. I, I, I believe Alexander Hamilton founded the New York Post. I, I believe that they were founded in 1801. Um, yeah, it, it, so... Man, big tech. They, they believe it's their job to censor any anything, just completely destroy any information, uh, you know, detrimental to the Democrats. It's just shocking stuff. And obviously, a lot of people on the right now are calling for the government to step in and regulate big tech, regulate, you know, Google and Facebook and Twitter. And obviously, I think that's idiotic. I think it's horrible. Um, I think it's evil. And I think you'd be handing the Democrats uh, a giant gun to shoot us right in the face with the next time they uh, take power. But it's like, you know, the the Tucker Carlson's, the, the Josh Hollies of the world that want to basically nationalize big tech. Obviously, it's stupid. Obviously, I, you know, I don't agree with that. But, like, I don't know how we hold off the people on our side much longer. I mean, I bet if you just polled Republicans, hey, do you want to nationalize big tech because they're mean? I bet... A, a majority of Republicans would say yes. You know, so, like, I don't know. I feel like we're just heading down a dark road, man. Yeah, I it's, it's I do think that this whole New York Post saga is a turning point in the fight against big tech because, obviously, for years now, especially during the Trump years, there's been allegations of bias with Facebook and Twitter, and I think the allegations of bias are, are pretty well-founded. Um, and, of course, the debate on the right has been what to do about it. There's been you know, sort of a more libertarian side of things where it's like, you know, this private company, they can do what they want. And then you have Josh Hudgens and Tucker Carlson types where it's like nationalized Twitter. Um, I, I think <laughs> nationalized that... Twitter. I, like, that's just I, a I, silly I, idea. Like, sorry. It's just like, you know, I, but that, uh, what's his name? He writes for American Greatness, uh, Pedro... Uh, oh, Pedro Gonzalez, I think Pe- is his Pedro name. Gonzalez. He, wrote, he wrote a piece literally just saying, yes, we need to nationalize Twitter and Facebook. Nationalize. And it's like, yeah, okay, I, one, I don't... Are you a communist? <laughs> and two, so, like, do you think our government will be in Repub- you know, under the control of Republicans forever? <laughs> like, what, what do you think is gonna, that's not how you know the American Republic works? Like, you can't. Like, do you really want to hand Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren or Alexandria Ocasio Cortez complete control over Twitter? Really, that's what you want? I mean, good lord, these people have lost their minds. Yeah, it's it, it's um. Uh, I do think when people call for nationalizing Twitter, you know, regulating Twitter, even just like you, even just like using antitrust laws against Twitter, I, I I don't think they've really thought through like what could happen, like you know, if like God forbid, you know, like Biden and Harris take power, um, and so that that's why I think there has I think the, the problem middle middle ground focuses on reforming Section 230, and basically Section 230 is the law that, that states that. Websites aren't liable for comment sections. So, like, if you go to the comment section of, like, the Daily Wire, the Federalist, the Jewish Journal, um, obviously, if you look at any comment section ever, like, you see a bunch of just weird stuff 
and it, it, kind, of, it, kind, of, it kind of makes you lose faith in humanity. But if, if there's anything like real, but no matter how bad it gets on there, provided that's not like, you know, links to pornography or something, then, it, then it's like, then like websites aren't held liable for those comments. Um, and so and that's what Section 230 does. That it, it protects websites from being held liable for those comments. And applied to Facebook and Twitter, that means they aren't held liable for people's posts. Right. Um, and so the problem is that is, is Section 230, if it, it, it's it allows for websites to take action against the comments if it's like racist, lewd uh, comments, you know, Threats, stuff like that. But but, yeah. but, 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 but the problem is that. Is that, is that the, the, the statute and that part of the statute ends by saying and any and anything that's otherwise objectionable, right? And so the, the otherwise objectionable part has been it's so vague that it's become misconstrued. So then Twitter it can you know censor the New York Post and be like, well, they they posted an otherwise objectionable objectionable story, you know. And so I, I think if the law was just reformed just to get rid of that otherwise objectionable part, that could probably just solve a lot of problems right there. Yeah, you know, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, obviously, when half the country believes that we, because we're Republicans or conservatives or libertarians or, you know, we're not leftists, if you're, you know, to the right of Bernie Sanders, they think we're all objectionable. So, um, yeah, you know, just voting for Donald Trump is, is deplorable to, to these people. So, you know, I definitely understand that. R- real quick, uh, one last point on the, the Hunter Biden laptop email saga. We have no idea if this is true or not. Um, and Rudy Giuliani went on television last night, and he he's claiming that uh, that uh, Delaware the Delaware State Police are in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop, and they found essentially child porn on it. So I, I'm not taking what Rudy Giuliani says. He's obviously a partisan. You know, at, at face value, you need to wait and see what the facts show. I, I'm just gonna say this, and then we'll move on. Aaron. If you throw child porn into this equation, like if that's true, yikes! It's like who are yeah. who are these people? You you know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah. It's like oh my gosh, who are these people? I, I don't yeah, know if it's true. Gonna... I don't know if it's true, but if it is, I'm sure we'll find out before the election whether or not it's true. Because I, I think at this point there's so much um, attention on the story that that, that I think. Law enforcement would have to reveal if, if yes, there is in fact child porn on on on, on a computer. You know, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. And yeah, if if it is true, then yeah, this 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 story is going to take a really wild turn. Then I mean, look. Hopefully that obviously hopefully it's not true, <laughs> but yeah. My goodness, if the Delaware Stadies found. Hunter Biden in possession of child pornography. I mean, you could legitimately see the son of the Democratic nominee for president being hauled off to federal prison right before a presidential election. I mean, like that's what we're talking. I mean, hey man, it's 2020. I wouldn't put it. Yeah, past, I, I wouldn't mean, put it past 2020 at this point. For, to, nothing is off limits in 2020. But it's like, can you imagine? Can you imagine that that scene? It's like. Oh gosh! If you think the country isn't divided, oh my god, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I, we can leave that at, at the, you know we can leave it there. Obviously, all we have on yeah. that is the word of Rudy Giuliani, and you know, take take that for what it's worth. But I mean, Rudy is a career lawyer. You know, he 
he, he's a crazy old man at this point, but he is a, a, a lawyer and, and he knows the law. And I, I, if there were no evidence for any of this, I doubt he would get on television and just say it. You know, that would be or he'd be or he's in he'd be in yeah. deep trouble, too. You know, obviously, if it's not true. But so uh, one last thing before I let you go, Aaron, uh, obviously tomorrow um, is the big day, the final debate. Um, Trump stepped in it, uh, and he tanked in the polls, uh, right after the last debate. Um, I actually, at, in real time, I didn't think he was doing that bad, but a lot of the demographics needs to win, specifically women, suburban women did not like all the yelling and seniors. They did not like the yelling, the interrupting. Uh, he really stepped in it. He cannot do that again. The polls are tightening. Um, from all available data that I can get my hands on, it looks like they are tightening a little bit. It looks like Trump could be within striking distance, although he's still down. He can make some serious progress uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I think he can make some headway here if he plays his cards right, but he has to. He needs to control himself. He needs to stay disciplined. His team needs to prepare him properly. He cannot have a performance like he had a few weeks ago. I agree. I, I think part of the problem with... Uh, I think what Trump was trying to do was because... because I'm sure people remember 2012 when Biden just completely interrupted Paul Ryan like the whole time and Paul Ryan just kind of sat back and took it. Right. I think Trump was trying to rid that from happening, but I, I think um, I, I think in his attempts to sort of like stop it, his attempts to stop that from happening, he sort of kind of, he sort of went too far with it because right. people just sort of tuned tuned out the whole thing. Um, and I think there are moments where where I think Trump really had Biden. Um, and that's where it's, it's, like, it's like Ben was saying on his show, uh, Ben Shapiro was saying on his show the next day, it's like, you know, it is a good tactic, you know, when you're, you know, to, to sort of like, you act like a prosecutor to like ask the question and then, and then give a pause for dramatic effect to, sh- to show that, Bi- and then to show that Biden doesn't have an answer. And part of the problem, of course, is Chris, what's going to happen? Chris Wallace trying to save Biden, but, um, but Trump didn't help matters by just like immediately just, just like, answer it, answer it, answer it. Um, so I, I think I think Biden needs to needs to basically do what Mike Pence did to Kamala Harris, um, and it, and just base just you know base, literally just just follow the Mike Pence strategy, and and if and if he if he does that tomorrow, then I I, I, I think he'll I think he'll be in good shape. I agree, Aaron. I completely forgot. I don't know how. It's been a busy morning. I don't know how I forgot about this one. We have to mention. The Jeffrey Tubin thing. <laughs> oh yeah. How did that slip my mind? <laughs> it slipped my mind too, for the part. So, Aaron, uh, you know, obviously we've we've all been on a lot of Zoom calls lately. Have you ever just started jacking off mid Zoom meeting? Because I haven't. I I, I was no, not me, aware yeah, that this was either. a thing. Because like because you know I actually have self control. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing about Jeffrey Tubin is that he's he's been a scumbag for a he's long a bad, time. He's a bad person. Yeah, I mean this he, is the least. This is like the least evil thing he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I because uh, I, I forget this is like when he was with ABC or whatever, but um, he had an affair with a, with like with, with a coworker's daughter. Yeah, like a nineteen know, year, like a nineteen year old girl or something. Yeah, you know, if he, he knocks her up and then he pressures her to have an abortion. Um, and then, and then she, she didn't do it. And then, and then he was like, yeah, well, you know what? Then screw you. I'm not going to be around to help you raise a child. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's bad. Like he, he he's a bad person. And then CNN's um, like, oh man, we got to hire that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> CNN's like, oh, 
you got to bring Jeffrey Tubin on board there, legal analyst, as Mark Levin would say. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I mean now, I mean now after this whole thing, like it, it, he's done. Like I, the, no, I, 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 CNN, I, I think it, no, see, they, uh, some insiders kind of leaked information last night that said that CNN is not planning on firing him, and neither is the New oh, York. God. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Here's the thing, man, and I, I'm obviously joking around here, kind of, but I do genuinely admire the left the the left's ability to circle the wagons around literally any leftist like they will leave no leftist behind even when they should you know what i mean it's like yeah if if you are a leftist if you are a dirty commie they will the press the left cnn they will defend you no matter what they're circling the wagons around tubin they don't need him He's this old hack. Nobody cares what he has to say. Like you can hire anybody. You get any leftist hack writer with a law degree. You could hi- CNN could hire Tubin to do the exact same job. Like he's not important. He's not influential. He's not necessary. They should just let him go. But they can't. They can't. They can't let rapist Bill Clinton go. They can't let anybody. They can't. They can't let Ilhan Omar, the you know the chief. Jew hater in the entire country. They can't yeah. let it go. If you are a leftist, they will defend you no matter what. And us on the right, we throw each other under the bus randomly for no reason. Okay, that's not good. So I like. I feel like both tactics should just kind of meet in the middle. Don't be like Republicans who will just th- throw each other to the wolves <laughs> randomly. And don't be like the left that will defend Ilhan Omar and Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Tubin. Hey, we should just all meet in the middle. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, there is. Some, I mean, I do. It would be nice if, Repo- if Republicans could learn just by like the Democrats did do. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, like I always like we, we talk about how there was sort of the lags. I was thinking of like Al Franken, and like they they threw him onto the bus just like just so they could go after Roy Moore. Right. Years ago. right, right, but, right. But like ever right. since then, you know, the narrative has been like, oh, you know, this has been Al Franken has been unfairly maligned. You well, know, no, they he, he had to resign. They learned the law, the wrong lesson from that, because they've, yeah. they've come out and said, "Oh, we shouldn't have forced Al Franken to resign." Like, no, you should. Yeah, have. exactly. You should have. You're not learning the correct the correct lesson here. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like literal literal photographic evidence of him groping a groping a female, you know, while while, while she was sleeping. But apparently, Al Franken's the victim because because <laughs> this is how the left like change the narrative you know is, is that they they, they 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 portray somebody who engaged and you know what, what was at what was at at i suppose at, which was sexual harassment at, at least you know i mean i guess you could maybe argue with like some sort of assault in there but um but but that's a better word sexual misconduct you know how somebody who clearly engaged in sexual misconduct um is now a victim because you know we live in backwards amazing land. yeah we, we we truly do we live in the upside down see bring it back to, to football it's it's like the the politics version of like vontez perfect it's like people keep signing that guy <laughs> yeah they know yeah they know he's gonna try to commit murder on the football field and they know he's gonna be suspended the entire season but a team will still sign him every year they never yeah they yeah never it's 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 weird how that happens Aaron, I appreciate my brother. I'm sure we'll do this again soon. So it was a great time talking. Everybody follow yeah, Aaron definitely. on Twitter at Bandler's Banter. Uh, where can everybody uh, check out your writing as well? Yeah, uh, at Bandler's, uh, yeah, Twitter at Bandler's Banter. Also, JewishJournal.com. Um, yeah, always, 
always a lot of stuff to write about every day. So give me a follow, give me a read. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Thank you.